Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Friday, October 15th, 2021. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, we've got the latest on former President Bill Clinton's health. Number two, a leader check-in. And number three, the latest in the tally coverage. All right, Jake, uh, let's talk about what was breaking last night. President Bill Clinton in L.A. having some health problems. Yes, uh, hospitalized with what they describe as a non-COVID infection. Um, and it's actually interesting to think about that you now when you're hospitalized with an infection, people just assume that it's COVID because we've had COVID in this country now for like two years uh, or a year and a half. But uh, it is sepsis. Neither of us are, are doctors unless you've gotten a medical degree without my knowing, Anna. With all my free time. Yeah, exactly. With all your free time, you've become a medical doctor. Um uh, Clinton has obviously had health issues in the past. He's had heart problems. He had a stent inserted in his heart. Um, and uh, so uh, we wish him the best uh, and uh, a quick recovery. I guess he's in good spirits. That's what people tend to say when when public figures are in the hospital. Um, and that's all we know at this point. And we'll obviously look forward to, to hearing more. Absolutely. Our thoughts and prayers with him and his family. All right, let's move on to the number two story of the morning, our leader check-in. We often do this, go around the horn, talking about each of the congressional leaders as well as the White House. But as we roll into mid-October, we thought it might be a good time to look at the big four leaders and what they need to do in the coming days and weeks. Obviously, it cannot be you know, overstated how important this period is for President Joe Biden, Speaker Nancy Pelosi, and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. Yeah, there's no, this is it. <laughs> I hate to, I know we'll probably get flack for saying that, but this is the whole kitten caboodle. And, you know, I disagree. I don't know if I disagree with Brez on this, but Brez and I have had lots of heated debates about this. Like, I, I obviously think they need to pass this agenda. There's no question about that. I don't think that their majority rides on this agenda. Um, I just think it's important that they get it done. I think they could lose. Let me put it this way. And I think they could lose the majority even if they don't, even if they get this agenda done. So um, let's start with Nancy Pelosi. I mean, obviously, <laughs> we don't have to we don't have to um, stretch here. This is an incredibly important period for Nancy Pelosi. Um, she she's ready to make a deal like you could tell that she's in deal making mode for this reconciliation package. It doesn't appear that the rest of her party is quite there yet. Um, she has been frustrated, I would say, uh, and those are my words, not hers, um, about Joe Manchin setting up a one point five trillion dollar ceiling for reconciliation. Um she didn't know about that. She had she makes that clear. Uh, and then Pelosi yesterday gave an interview to KQED in San Francisco. I think it was yesterday. It was published yesterday, I believe, uh, in which she said that the, one of the big Democrats, big revenue priorities, allowing Medicare to negotiate on prescription drug costs, which would uh, churn out seven hundred billion dollars in revenue that she's going to have to compromise on that. And she's saying, um, you know, that I'm not sure we'll get it in this bill. We'll get something of that, which is a. Uh, a, um, you know, it's a step back. So, but she's a realist and that's, what do you think about Pelosi here, Anna? Yeah, I think she's in a tough position, right? I mean, I think if you look at what she wants to do, this is, you know, a legacy, uh, you know, um, issue for her, right? This would be, you know, a massive, massive deal, not only for Joe Biden, but also for Pelosi. I think 
you know, frustration is not surprising considering, you know, she wants to make a deal. As you said, she's in deal-making mode, but she kind of feels like almost in some ways she's the only one in deal-making mode. There doesn't seem to be a huge amount of, you know, leeway right now when it comes to where the progressives are, where the moderates are. You know, she knows that something is better than nothing, and she's keenly aware that the clock is ticking and agreement has to be reached very soon. You know, I've been kind of bearish that this is all going to get done by the end of October uh, as she's kind of set that deadline, and it probably goes into, you know, Thanksgiving and potentially Christmas. But we'll have to see. She's definitely in a tough position with only a three-seat majority. All right, let's turn to Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. Uh, You know, he's got... A tough, tough gig. As tough as Nancy Pelosi has it in the House, she's been through this before. You know, I think there's a lot of trust that's been placed in her. But she was in uncharted territory here with this 50-50 split. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Um, Been nearly 70 years since there's a 50-50 split for this long of a period of time. Um, And listen, think about what Schumer's got on his hands, right? I mean, he's got Bernie Sanders and Joe Manchin like openly warring and, and dumping on each other. Um, and, uh, you know, Schumer's, Schumer's vibe has worked up until now. He's, he's been able to keep his guys together. It's crunch time though. And it's not clear to me what's going to bring Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin back to, back to the table and ready to compromise. I mean, it seems like Cinema is more dug in than she has been. And perhaps a lot of people think she needs to be. Um, and, and that's that's difficult, and I, that's going to be really difficult for Schumer. Let's move on to Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, always a fascinating figure in Washington. And, uh, you know, he it's interesting because he obviously had that, you know, I, maybe what I would describe as a mini cave uh, when it comes to the latest debt limit debate. Um, but, you know, I don't think anybody believes he's going to help Democrats again. He's he's been through a little bit of a bruising period, I would say, though, through that, you know, typically the Republican Senate is all of those senators are in lockstep behind him. But there's been some frustration with how he handled that, certainly even including some of his allies like Lindsey Graham. um, Others like Ted Cruz have been pretty openly critical of that strategy. Uh, Yeah, I mean, this is probably as much as we've seen, as much dissent as we've seen um, from McConnell's conferences ever, uh, frankly. Um, And what does it mean? I don't know what it means. There's no Republicans who are calling on McConnell to go, so I'm not really sure it means much in that respect. Um, But McConnell's, you know, trying to make Biden understand and and. I don't know. I'm not taking a position here. I don't know what he's going to end up doing. I mean, I, I tend to always think that McConnell's pretty serious. He he blinked last time, mini fold, whatever you want to call it. I mean, I, we, it was a fold. So it, what, I, what you call it is not um, uh, is not really important. But um, he's trying to get people to understand that he is going to um, he's serious now and he does not want to he's not going to raise the debt limit again. So we'll have to see. I mean, I, I mean, it's going to be a tough he blinked because the alternative defaulting was not an option for him and he it seemed clear that um democrats weren't bending and his and 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 he didn't really have a way out so what's he going to do again i don't know the answer to what i don't know the answer to that i don't know the answer to this i mean what is he going to do this time around i don't know um so we'll have to see we'll have to see if if mcconnell is um 
McConnell could push the, the the Senate could push the nation to the brink of a default in December. I mean, or mid December, January. So um, people should just be aware of that. All right, and then of course the last but not least, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. I mean, just a boring dude right now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will say this. I think you know, as everybody we talk about this, these complex you know head games and what their strategy is. Kevin McCarthy's got a pretty easy job compared to the other three leaders right now. I mean, his to-do list is basically oppose whatever Pelosi, Biden, and the Democrats want. Yeah, he just got to say no. Um, so uh, that's that. I don't know what else. To, I don't know how else to describe this. He's just got to say no. He's got to fight subpoenas if they come. He's got to raise a lot of money. He's got to oppose Democrats legislation. Not what we're saying he has to do, but what he is going to do and what he's going to um, you know, what he's going to, uh, uh, that's going to be in his interest and that's what he's going to do. All right, let's move on to the number three story of the morning, the tally. We are taking a look pretty regularly now at the 2022 election as it becomes closer and closer. And this morning is no different than that. We've got an item in Punchable News AM looking at the ad wars between uh, Terry McAuliffe and Glenn Youngkin in that Virginia gubernatorial race. It's pretty interesting because you really start to see how this race, you know, could be a bellwether for how the messaging goes in the overall 2022 midterms. McAuliffe has an ad up criticizing, you know, Youngkin in terms of his position on abortion, obviously going to be a big issue across the country. While Youngkin has, you know, it, you know, ads up around, um, you know, his own showing that McAuliffe says he doesn't want to have parents involved in education, that kind of that what, what the role of parents in education is also going to be playing huge. Yeah, the um, the. This is just the nationalization of this race, which we've you and I have talked about and we've written about. Um, uh, so it's a um, it's fascinating that to see that like these national issues play out kind of in a in a real time basis on um, uh, in Virginia, uh, and and we're lucky to have have these uh, uh, the capability to run these ads so we could see what what voters in Virginia are seeing. And knowing um, Virginia and knowing the um, uh, knowing the just the general population uh, and and just how competitive that state's been for a little bit, although it's less competitive now than ever. People are watching these ads. They're very tuned in at this point, I would say. Absolutely. All right. With that, thanks so much for listening. Leave us a rating and review. Share the podcast, The Daily Punch. It's the best way for folks to find out about us. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.